The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for joining us today. With over 10 million downloads and listeners from more than 180 different countries, it's dedicated listeners just like you who have made Negotiate Anything the number one negotiation podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, author, and the proud CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. Now, before we get into today's insightful conversation, I have a golden opportunity for those of you who recognize the power of negotiation in your professional lives. Have you ever found yourself wishing that you could navigate those high stakes conversations with more confidence? Or perhaps you're looking to empower your team with the art of persuasion and conflict resolution. At the American Negotiation Institute, we've crafted specialized keynotes and workshops tailored for those very needs. We've transformed the negotiation skills of professionals worldwide, and we're eager to do the same for you. We believe the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, and our goal is to help you improve your lives and the lives of those around you one difficult conversation at a time. Don't let another challenging conversation leave you second-guessing. Click the link in the description to discover how we can help you find confidence in conflict, negotiate better deals, and have stronger relationships. Because in the world of business, every conversation counts. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Vicky, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Kwame. I've been looking forward to this for some time. Same, same. It's it's nice to it's nice to meet you. Likewise, I have heard great things. We have a lot of mutual friends, and we have a mutual mentee, Minson. Uh, we, uh, I'm sure he'll come up at some point during this interview. So shout out to Minson here. Um, so how would you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay, um, try and make it short. Um, so I uh, I spent 25 years um, as a lawyer litigating complex commercial cases. Um, some of them involved products. Um, I spent a fair amount of years doing environmental insurance coverage work, uh, which is frankly the thing that led me first to mediation because uh, I, I was sitting around a table with maybe a dozen or more attorneys from the most expensive law firms in town trying to figure out how we were going to answer interrogatories from the oil company that was suing the insurance carriers. And I thought, this is insane. You know, we could take this money and just apply it directly to the wound I, you know, it just seemed crazy to me. It was the first time I was involved in that level of, um, you know, couple hundred million dollar litigation. I represented Lloyd's of London and we were usually, um, kind of not primary carriers, but first level access. So we tended to lead the cases, lead the defense with, um, primary insurance carriers. Um, so, and that was like, you know, anyway, I ended up in media, I, I ended up in a mediation course 
because I, I just more and more began to think that uh, litigation was 17th century dispute resolution technology. <laughs> and if doctors were still practicing 17th century medicine, we'd all be in pretty bad shape. So I, uh, I signed myself up for a 40-hour course, and I got very excited. It was a transformative experience for me, and we can talk about that later. Um, and uh, so I enrolled in a master's degree program in uh, dispute resolution and um, practiced part-time, practiced law part-time, and started my own mediation practice and um, found that in my market, which is commercial litigation for major corporate plaintiffs and defendants, uh, they didn't really want to hire women. Mm. Um, in fact, my husband, who was um, counsel for the oil companies and the loyal opposition, uh, and we met litigating a case. <laughs> so... Um, he had never hired a woman. Most of the men I knew, it, 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 the practice is like 80% male. Still was in 04 when I took my first mediation class. And lawyers still tend to think of uh, kind of mediated or negotiated resolutions as losing. And mediators, you know, people who facilitate a negotiation uh, need to be big and tough and male. Uh, and, um, you know, I got hired for, you know, personal injury cases where a woman got burned in a beauty salon when they, you know, curled her hair. Not my specialty. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so I started blogging about negotiation in 04, 05, and women started coming my way. Uh, women wanted to learn how to negotiate. The lawyers weren't that interested. Um, they wanted to win. They knew they were going to settle, but it was losing. It's losing, settling. And, and I understood that. So anyway, uh, my business partner called me up one day and said, you want to do this for a living? And I said, no. And we gave a course, our first course for, for women professionals. And, um, they had a transformative experience, um, which was similar to the one I had when I learned how to mediate. And so I said, yeah. Let, let, let's start a business. And so the two of us together, she, she had experience as a coach. Uh, I did not. I had experience as a Wolverine. Um, <laughs> and uh, together we, we put together She Negotiates. It was a good team, and now she's off doing something else. After 10 years together, she wanted to do more storytelling and uh, so I took over. She negotiates. So that's what I do now. I help women make more money. That's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. So this this is we. I really appreciate and admire the work that you do because it's so critical, so important. And um, one little uh, 
issue that I take with the the story that you told. Um, I am a Buckeye from Ohio State, so you can't describe yourself as a Wolverine. You could say, oh, oh, you oh, can oh, say oh. honey badger or I, tiger I, or, <laughs> or shark. But <laughs> I can say I was raised by wolves. There you go. I like that. I, I was I was raised by wolves. There you yeah. go. But th- this is great. And and one of the words that you said multiple times is the word transformative. And um, for the listeners who know my story, of course, as a recovering people pleaser who learned how to negotiate and advocate for myself, um, it was a transformative experience. And so, like I mentioned before, our our motto is we believe the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. And for us, we've recognized that our lives have changed significantly by learning this skill. And so when you think about the term transformative based on your life experience and the people that you've worked with, what -hmm. does that mean to you? It means I've found a way to honor the part of me that wants to be of service to other people uh, because I do have a, a kind of lifetime of pro bono and volunteer experience in mostly counseling, frankly, peer counseling, suicide prevention, working with runaways. I've been doing that since I was 19. So that was a part of me that I didn't really get to bring to the legal practice that often. Um, so I found a way to honor that and at the same time not to lose the power that I observed my, you know, divorced mother uh, evidence almost all my life mm-hmm. that she didn't understand how the world worked and that she didn't cry victim, you know, she was a daughter of the depression, but, but I, I, I just saw her as being kind of helpless. And I vowed to myself that that was not going to happen to me. So I had these kind of, you know, I, I, I had an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, and I didn't know how to bring them together and, and learning to negotiate and finding out that I was good at it because I was afraid of it. I was, I was less afraid arguing to a jury than I was um, talking with someone across a table in a way in which I could express my preferences and at the same time serve their interests. And so that mutual benefit negotiation or interest-based negotiation or what, you know, which is what I was taught, that was like a magical moment for me because it it allowed me to marry both um, a kind of hard practicality with a desire to be at peace with people. Mm. That's intriguing. And so to, to, to clarify, you're saying that there was a time in your career where you felt more comfortable arguing a case, litigating, than actually negotiating. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. And so listeners, um, I want you all to take solace in this because if you've ever felt um, afraid, scared, uncomfortable in a negotiation, it might be a sign that you're doing it the right way Um, because (laughs) you have Vicky here who is an incredible negotiator, 
well-respected globally in this field and who helps people to negotiate effectively. And this was something that she struggled with. And as you all know, I've been open with that for me too. It's something that you can overcome. And so for you, Vicky, in your career and with the people that you've worked with, how have you helped them to overcome that fear? Um, most women, no matter how successful they already are, focus on their inadequacies. They are acutely aware of what kind of pushbacks they're going to get if they ask for a raise, uh, if they negotiate, if they negotiate something north of the money that's on the table from a new employer. Um, so, I mean, they are in the head of their negotiation partner, but they're in a negative head of their negotiation partner. So the first thing I do is help them remember that they've always been at 90% on the bell curve. I mean, I just, I cheerlead and, um, they need that. We all need that, right? We all need to be told we're like way better than we think we are. We're surrounded by other people who, you know, many of whom are maybe we think superior to us. But if we're functioning uh, at a pretty high level professionally or in business, we need to think better of ourselves. Um, so that's step number one. Um, step number two is to remind them that everybody feels uncomfortable negotiating. And um, I often tell my own story in an initial call, which is that I had getting to yes, sitting on my shelf in my law firm for 20 years without reading it, because I was afraid that it was going to tell me to, one, do something that I couldn't do, or... Two, tell me that I was really terrible at it. Mm. I was really fearful of negotiating. Um, I wasn't raised in a family that resolved things peacefully. Um, so I didn't really have experience in that. But I had experience in arguing for my, you know, always just uh, point. <laughs> so... <laughs> That came easier to me. So, uh, you know, I, I normalize both fear and um, being on the other side of fear. And that it's just a conversation, um, the purpose of which is to reach agreement. And what do particularly women like more than conversation and agreement? <laughs> So, you know, so I, I, I kind of help them understand that it's a, that it's what I was taught, how I was taught to negotiate, which is it is an attempt to find a solution that's going to make everybody somewhat happy. Um, I don't believe, like most lawyers say, that a good negotiation means everybody leaves unhappy. That's not my experience. My experience is that we make all kinds of assumptions about what, what other people want and what they're thinking, and we don't ask nearly enough questions to find out what they need and what they're afraid of. 
So, you know, I often start with, you know, what do you think your negotiation partner's greatest challenges and greatest opportunities are? And how do you think you can forward um, their journey toward those opportunities and their ability to overcome those challenges? And uh, that's a sweet spot for women. Uh, if you were a people pleaser, right, you can take that power. That's a superpower. As, <laughs> as long as you have control over it, knowing how to please people is a superpower. Um, and it's not manipulative. I think it's it's born of a genuine desire to be useful. Exactly. To others. Hello, my friends. Before we get back to today's episode, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever wondered how to elevate your team's negotiation game and how you can help the folks on your team have better, difficult conversations? At the American Negotiation Institute, we offer transformative keynotes and workshops tailored to empower professionals with top-tier negotiation and conflict resolution skills. Whether it's a keynote for your next event or hands-on training for your team, we've got you covered. Don't just negotiate, master the art with the American Negotiation Institute. Click the link in the description to find out more. Elevate, negotiate, and succeed. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors. I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. And, and I want to speak to that last point you made of, about manipulation, uh, because when you think about the term manipulation, um, sometimes that's a question I get. Hey, isn't this manipulation? I said, well, it depends, because here's the situation. Manipulation is when you're changing people's perspective, perspectives and the decisions that they're making and their behavior, thoughts and actions, whatever for malicious purposes. You're steering them in the wrong direction knowingly. But with persuasion, you are you have a positive purpose behind it. So it's not whether or not the tools are negative or positive, it's all about intent. And if we're negotiating the right way, we should be trying to solve our, prob our problems while at the same time solving other people's problems in, in the process. And really, what in your response, what you've helped us to recognize is that when it comes to a lot of the, the reasons why we have a performance gap in our negotiations it's going to start internally it's going to start in our heads and so we have oh, yeah. the mindset and the skill set so what are the internal blockers that are getting in the way of our success and then also at the end we can talk about the skills but usually it's that mental side too um, one of the things that I've, I've recognized in in my work and just my experience is that confidence is compartmentalized 
And so, like you said, the women that you're working with are high achievers, high earners. And so clearly they have an incredibly high level of competence and confidence in what it is that they're doing day to day. However, as it relates to the specific right. skill of negotiation, they don't have that confidence. And what you help to see, help them to see is that a lot of times it just requires a shift in perspectives. They have the skills they need to negotiate effectively, but they instead choose to focus on their deficiencies rather than their strengths. And so as, as you're helping them to mold and shift their perspectives in this way, what is the transformative result in their lives that extends beyond the negotiation table? I've had many, I've had many, many of my clients say, use the word agency, which surprises me because um, I frankly got that out of years of therapy. <laughs> I didn't have enough agency. Um, but it usually comes from a sense of, you know, even if they didn't get what they wanted, right? So they, they didn't get quite the raise they wanted. Uh, they got maybe they're going to get another review in three or six months, but the promotion is still being held tantalizingly away from them. They tell me, I feel like I got value out of this because I can advocate for myself now and I feel like I have agency and that I, and I can use that. And, and people who I have long-term relationships with, like in tr trainings, uh, online trainings, um, they come in with stories of, they teach their kids how to negotiate. They teach their middle schoolers how to negotiate. Oh, you know that problem that you're having with your English teacher? That was one of the stories that I got. Um, their husbands say, does she, does she teach men too? Because they, because their husbands see a transformation in their wives' ability to advocate without losing that thing that we women you know, hold dear, which is, you know, we really are the glue, the, the glue that holds the social world together. Mm. I, I mean, I believe that most women are peacemakers, are natural peacemakers. All you have to do is think about the Thanksgiving table and crazy Uncle Phil, whichever side of the partisan divide you've got going on at the dinner table, generally it's the women who calm things down, you know, offer an extra piece of pie, sacrifice their own, you know, pie cravings to make sure everybody else has something. And I just say, you get to keep that. In fact, you must keep that, but you can't keep taking it into the work environment because in that environment, you're going to be taken advantage of hmm. if you don't learn how to take both of those skills, the skill that you have, like in my case, arguing to a jury, standing in a courtroom, um, arguing with a judge, um, trying to get my way. Um, I can take that skill and at the same time use the superpower of people pleasing to be genuinely curious 
about what the other, what my negotiation partner wants and needs. And it's that curiosity that women are super good at, right? I used to tell people, um, I've stopped doing it because I'm, I'm getting older, but I used to tell women, it's like picking up a guy in a bar. <laughs> you know, I mean, just ask him a million questions. He will buy you drinks and more. It just, you just ask him questions. What do you do for a living? How about those Dodgers? Tell me all about yourself. You have kids, you know, and that's true for everybody, but it works particularly well. Um, I'm afraid to say I have experience in my pre-sober years of picking men up in bars. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a story for another podcast episode, Vicky. But you're you're absolutely right. And and something that I appreciate about this is the simplification of this process. Um one one saying that I've I've started to put at the beginning of my presentations is that uh uh, simplicity is the ultimate form of sophistication. And and that's what you've demonstrated yeah, here, yeah. right? Because you have years of litigation experience. You have years of mediation experience. You have years of teaching women and other people how to negotiate effectively. And what you've done is you've provided us with something very, very simple. Overcoming that me those mental hurdles, whatever those might be for us. And then just simply getting curious to figure out what somebody wants and needs. And then finding creative ways for you to win and for me to win. I think that's pretty simple. I'm going to tell you one more story. It's short. So I'm, I'm mediating a case between um, two Israeli businessmen um, and um, an elegant, incredibly successful Korean businessman. And they're fighting over, they're fighting tooth and nail over like, I don't know, it was $100,000, I think. And um, which clearly neither side needed, right? And particularly the Korean businessman, and we were just, it was impasse, impasse, impasse. You know, all of the good reasons why they should settle fell on deaf ears. And I finally took the Korean businessman outside and I said, you know, I'm curious which I often waited too long to get. You know, I'm curious why you're spending money on lawyers over this small amount of money, you know, like why? And he said, well, I have two sons and one of them is a great businessman and the other one uh, was not. But I gave my son who was not very adept as a businessman this case this, you know, transaction. And um, while he was working on it, he died of cancer. Mm. And I'm doing this for him. And then we had a conversation, right? <laughs> and, and then we had a conversation about the meaning of this thing and the grief that he was still experiencing and channeling through this litigation. Um, and at, you know, we settled it and almost instantaneously. And he said, um, 
it's like you're inside my head. How did you know what I was thinking? And I said, because I asked you what you were thinking. <laughs> I, you know, I asked. I asked. Wow. So, and that was hard. That was the hardest thing for me to, I knew it was the right thing to do, but as a litigator, it was a thing that was, it took the longest for me to start asking more deeply earlier. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. And that's that's a great story to end on. Vicky, I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your wisdom with us. Um, before you go, can you make sure to let the listeners know how they can reach you and work with you and about where they can get access to your blogs and content too? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. I, I'm at shenegotiates.com. Um, everything about, you know, the packages that I offer and my hourly rate and all of that. Uh, I also give scholarships to people who are making less than $50,000 a year. I give two scholarships a month. Um, and that can all be found at shenegotiates.com or Google me. I'm, I'm all over the internet. Fantastic. Vicki, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you for having me on. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.